Good to go. Good to go. What is good, my people? Welcome back to the No Bullshit Podcast. As you can see, a little bit of a different situation today. It is just myself. However, I'm joined by the man himself. He goes by the name of Ilsight. Bro, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you taking of the course, time, of course. of course. It's been a long time in the works. We're finally here after a couple of weeks of uh, mapping this all out, getting it done. All right, so maybe I guess for the people who don't know you, do you want to talk a bit about yourself maybe, what you do, who you are? Let's do it. All right, so basically, I, I'm a YouTuber. I guess you could say a musician as well. Um, I was born in Melbourne, Australia. I've been making content and doing all sorts of things on the internet for probably like six years now. And uh, yeah, just crazy having my journey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to do, we want to talk about like before you got into YouTube, a bit like life in yeah, school yeah. and stuff like that, growing up in Melbourne. All right. Or, yeah, growing yeah, up in Melbourne, yeah. yeah. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Right, okay, see. let's do it. So, um, you yeah, know, I was born in Melbourne in 2000, so I'm Australian, but I'm half Finnish, so I have a Finnish mother. And uh, yeah, I, I stayed in Australia till about 2008, and I did school there. And then in 2008, after the financial crisis, we moved to Macau in China, which I did some school there as well. And then after that, I'd moved back to Australia um, and then to Singapore and then back to Australia and then to All Finland. Right. So um, it was, yeah, it was a pretty crazy upbringing. Um, at the start, things were pretty fine and normal. But then, you know, after the crisis hit, it affected a lot of families. Um, mm -hmm. And the field my dad was working in was affected pretty hard. So that was like the reason, you know, we started traveling so much. But uh, if you want to talk about school, <laughs> school wasn't uh, <laughs> school wasn't really my, my best point. Um, yeah. You know, I was always like a bit reckless. Um, I didn't really listen to the teachers so much and just, you know, it wasn't it wasn't so good. <laughs> Fair dudes. No, yeah, I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> so you moved to Macau. So you lived in Macau, not Hong Kong? No. Well, I ended up in Hong Kong in my later yeah. years. But yeah, in 2008, we moved to Macau in China, which if a lot of people don't know, it's like a really small island. It's like a, just next to Hong Kong. I know, it's half owned by China, half owned by, I think, Portugal yeah, yeah. or something, or at least it was. But yeah, it's like a casino island. There's not much going on there. But, you know, I went yeah. to school for a bit there. Um, I don't think I enjoyed my time so much though when I was there, if I'm honest. So how old were you when you moved to Hong Kong? I moved to Hong Kong when I was, so I was living in Finland. This is when we had finally came to Finland in 2014. Okay. And then right. I moved to Hong Kong, I think it would have been at the start of 2016. Right. Um, and that's when, you know, everything that the people see online now started. So when I moved to yeah. Hong Kong, um, I'd always been into like photography and, you know, like videography mm. and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Just more so as a hobby. But then when I got to Hong Kong, I was like, you know, seeing all these massive buildings and something started changing <laughs> in my mind. And I was yeah, just looking yeah. around like, fuck, what am I going to do? So, you know, I started getting into, yeah, just actually making content when I moved to Hong Kong. And, you know, I quit school after about eight months in Hong Kong. It was going terribly for me. Right. Um, yeah, I was just, you know, failing everything. And I just, I, I was never able to find like the, the passion and the care for school. So it was impossible for me to like, you know, focus hard on this. And of course, you know, the teachers thought that I was just like very lazy, but I've always been that person, you know, that if I'm not interested in something, it's like impossible for me to, yeah, yeah. to try and do anything about it. But the second I'm interested, I could work for like a week straight if I had to, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Hong Kong, so you started all the, uh, all the insane content on the Illsight YouTube channel <laughs> and you grew a ridiculous audience. Yeah, you got up to about, yeah, what, about 100K yeah. on the channel yeah 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 about that's that, crazy yeah. stuff do you have any like ridiculous stories from the climbing and the cranes and shit bro Surely too many too stories. many too many of course all right where do, where do i where do i start i'll give a bit of backstory on just like the whole like uh beginning of the youtube channel and everything and like how that even came about okay so it happens where so i was still at school in hong kong at the time 
Um, and actually, before I even started school, when I first moved to Hong Kong, I think it was in like my third day, I climbed like my first proper building. Um, and I always remember that story, of course. It was like the first one I was popping the yeah, cherry. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> basically, uh, <laughs> uh, I had hit up a photographer who I found on Instagram, a guy called Brian. You know, he had a small Instagram, maybe like a thousand followers or something, but his pictures were sick. It was like a, he mainly did portraits, but I noticed there were some pictures from the rooftops and I was like, you know, it was something I wanted to get into. So yeah. I just sent him a message saying like, yo, like if I could come and join you guys to come and climb a building, I'd love to. Like, you haven't met me yeah, before, yeah. but you know, we can meet up. And he was like, probably replied the same day. Like, sure, we're going tomorrow, you know, come join us and, and all that stuff. So I said, all right, mm. let's do it. And um, it was, it was a hotel and the roof we climbed, it was the best Western hotel. And I remember that like you know this 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 goes into the story of like how to get over fears because the first time i climbed a building a lot of people don't know but i was actually quite quite scared yeah well not necessarily scared but like the the adrenaline hit me hard because i had never been in like a situation like that so i remember climbing up this ladder and we got to like the top of the roof and the, it was probably 40 mm. stories and the city looked incredible and they were like you should go near the edge and i was like you know kind of crawling to the edge like looking down yeah. like ah oh, <laughs> shit you know <laughs> but um the feeling it gave me was something i never felt before you know it was yeah. just mind-blowing like they're all the different emotions mm. sparking out so you know after that i was sold and i wanted to do like more and more of this and i really quickly got into this mindset of like fearlessness and just completely like yeah. absorbed into this whole thing uh so it wasn't long after that i started a youtube channel um and i came up with the name really quickly I, you know yeah. it just came to me and i and i rolled with it um but my content at the start it wasn't very good like everybody you know you have to yeah, learn yeah, how course. how to make content so i was like vlogging on a gopro i couldn't even make eye contact with the <laughs> with the gopro i was all nervous and shit and like yeah. try, you know trying to vlog and trying to do this and i remember there were some people in my school who would uh you know they took the piss out of me like when the when the content really? started you know i was sitting at what like 30 views right and okay, they're like yeah, oh this guy's a you know he's a wannabe <laughs> he's a wannabe and i was like oh whatever you know but i enjoyed it you know i enjoyed it a lot and yeah. i genuinely was having a having a good time making this content but mm. i think the growth happened pretty quickly from what i remember it would have been maybe like a month and i was already at like a thousand subscribers and i was like shit to me that's yeah, a right. lot you that's know pretty good yeah yeah and then like it started snowballing, man. Like a few months in, I was probably at like 10,000 and then 30,000. And then, you know, the video started getting a lot of attention. So yeah, yeah, man, I got into this like habit of, I was probably posting like two videos a week. I was like climbing all day, every day. It became like, you know, a yeah. full-time thing. I'd wake up, charge my shit and head out and just do mad stuff all day and come back and put it straight to the yeah. internet. No, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, you had one video I was just going to say that did really well. Was it like Bruce Lee's mansion you went into? That got a few million views from memory? Mm. That yeah, really yeah. Well. So how that goes my bro from uk who always helped me a lot with the youtube stuff his mm. name's alex he was always super good at just like finding fun ideas and he was also into like the whole abandoned exploration stuff so he yeah. had texted me it's actually his idea he texted me he said like yo i was doing some googling i found out that like there's a mansion where bruce lee and his family used to live in hong kong and it's abandoned wow. you should go do it and i was like i'll be honest i thought like the video wouldn't do too well i was like you know it sounds like a good idea maybe like yeah, thirty thousand yeah. views if we're lucky but i'll do it regardless right i was like yeah, okay yeah. i'll do it sounds interesting so i just called up one of my boys and we went and filmed it and yeah it ended up getting millions of views like yeah. and i was just like mind blown <laughs> yeah it's crazy bro no you did some crazy yeah. shit you did plenty of cranes and stuff as well i mean the cranes oh, yeah. must be like ridiculous i remember one as well because you used to have like the the posters and shit you'd sell i actually have two like somewhere in the house from like five years ago Sick. somewhere i'll find Sick. them i'll find them but um 
I remember there was one where you were at like the the top of the crane somewhere or somewhere on the crane and like you put one of the posters uh-huh. in like the seat in the controls type shit. Yeah. That was just the best. You like write a message on the back yeah, of the yeah. poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. It was a it was a morning climb in Hong Kong. It, I, I did it by myself. I was just like, I'd been up all night and I was thinking like, oh, there's this one building I want to climb. Mm. I called some friends and all of them were like, nah, I don't want to come. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it by myself. Do it yourself. So yeah, I went there and I had some posters on me and I was like, you know what? Let's leave a gift for the, for the crane driver. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Such a cocky nice. thing to do, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Proper, do, proper douchebag energy, but you know. No, that's sick. It's funny as that. No. I was going to say as well, um, there's a photo of you with Ali Law. Uh, Ali Law, yeah. So I, <clears throat> Ali Law, I met him first time in, yeah, probably 2018, 2017 even in Hong Kong. So mm. um, we had texted each other. I don't know if he messaged me or if I messaged him, but he just said that he was going to come to Hong Kong. And I was like, bro, let's go, you know, do all the fun stuff that you want to do. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, we climbed a bit in Hong Kong. And then I met him again, maybe like two years later when I went to London and we climbed some more things, but I haven't seen him since then. Is he, what's he like? He's a a nice bloke. He's a great guy. Ali, Ali's a great guy. Um, he's a very, very smart. I think people downplay his intelligence. He's very smart and he's really, really good at connecting with his audience. And he's like such a, you know, he's, he's just really good at building a community and having, you know, yeah. this really tight, tight fan base. Yeah. So, yeah, Ali's great. I'm not too sure what he's up to nowadays, but... Okay, so after Hong Kong, you moved to Finland for where you are now. So, you're living in Finland? Yeah, moved to Finland. From memory as well, did you join the um, Finnish army when you moved there first? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. So, basically how it works here. So, I'm a, you know, dual national, like I said. So, I have a Finnish passport as well. And okay. uh, I have some family living here. So... Um, how it worked is I was in Hong Kong and actually it's funny timing. It's, um, I was nearing the end of my visa. So the visa I had in Hong Kong was a dependency visa, meaning if my father ever stops working or leaves the country, I would be like instantly canceled out of my visa. So that was happening. Right. And I was trying to, uh, renew my visa, but they wouldn't let me renew it in Hong Kong. And I have my own reasons why I think they didn't let me renew it probably with a record that's like, you know, 16 pages long, <laughs> but um, who knows what the real reason was. But either way, I couldn't extend my visa. So I was starting to like get a bit anxious. Like, what am I going to do? I was starting looking at, you know, Thailand and Vietnam and places I could yeah, just move yeah. to. Cause I was like, I don't know. I had no intention of going back to Finland, but then I remember waking up one day to an email and it was from the, the Finnish army, which in Finnish is the Bolestos Voimat. And basically it said that, um, you know, you're a Finnish national. So um you have to come to the army and if you don't you're going right. to lose your finnish citizenship and all everything so you know oh, you lose your okay. passport and stuff yeah. so because because here it's mandatory all men have to go unless you have right. some like s- serious reason why not so yeah um i got a date when i was going to the army they gave me three years to go and i was like well i'm losing my visa so i might as well just go now um yeah. so yeah i moved back to moved back to finland in december and it yeah. was in the in the first few weeks of january where i started the military service um mm. I wasn't there for the full period. So basically I had some injuries that were starting to flare up really bad during my time there. So I'd seen the military doctors and a few other people, and then they had sent me to like a proper hospital for an evaluation. Um, And I ended up getting this thing called e-papers. There's different types of papers. So C-paper means like you'll never go back to the army. E-paper means you have like a medical issue and you have to get it fixed and then come back. So basically I had um, gotten out the army with e-papers, meaning I'd have to come back the next year and complete the service um after having the things fixed but then it was a few weeks later i got a a a letter from the army saying i'd been moved to 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 the c class meaning i don't have to go back so it ended there 
I remember yeah. getting the letter. I was super confused. I thought it was like a letter about my confirmation of when I'm going back. And I was in the car with my mom and I was like, could you translate what this means? And she says, yeah. you're in class C. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so that's Sick. how that happened. So what's Finland <laughs> yeah. like? Is it a good place? Is it nice to live there? Okay. Uh, that's a hard question to answer because I'm going to keep it really 100 here on this podcast. Um, okay. Finland is... I have serious love for Finland just because, you know, I have roots here and I have family here. And also in Finland, we have a very beautiful history of, you know, fighting off some very serious attackers. I don't know if you know much about that, but, you know, Finland was invaded by Russia um, multiple times. And, you know, they fought it off every time with a small army and uh, we kept Finland and, you know, we've had this country since. Um, there's a lot of things I don't like that's happening in Finland right now. The country's in a bit of a mess alongside many places in Europe. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, it doesn't take many Google searches to see what's going on. So, mm. you know, I've got love for Finland, but it's looking more and more like this just isn't an optimal place to live in my honest right. opinion. And maybe yeah, it's same. just, you know, my personality, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really suit me so much. So, you know, I'm starting to miss Asia a lot. You yeah. Know? I was going to say, yeah, you often go back to Thailand. Do you like Thailand? I love Thailand, bro. Like, yeah. you know, I've got a feeling that something happened with my heart years ago and it just stayed in thailand because as long as i'm away from that country something's missing but when i go back to thailand i feel like i'm going home i love thailand yeah. i love thai oh, people cool. and thai culture it's a beautiful place yeah yeah sick 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 following that you started to get into music a little bit making a few tunes here and there yeah what was that like you enjoy making music oh man so th yeah that, that, was, that was a crazy one so after i came out the army uh, my youtube channel was doing really well in finland I was collaborating with a lot of like Finnish YouTubers and I, you know, it was going really well. Like I was making good money and all this stuff, but I just, if I'm honest in that point of time, I was not enjoying at all what I was doing. I was so yeah. bored. Like I was making good money. And of course, like I'm not going to sit here and make a sob story. Like I was working by making YouTube videos. It is a blessing. It's an amazing thing yeah, to do. Yeah. But if you do something for long enough, there's a high chance you naturally lose interest. And like I said earlier about school, when I start losing interest in something, I don't care if I'm making millions of dollars. It's like impossible for me to do it, right? So yeah. I had always been into music. I grew up in a pretty musical household. And uh, actually in Hong Kong is when I started writing rap music. Um, I did it like as a hobby. I never released any of it really. I was just hanging out with some Nepalese guys and they would come to my house on the weekends and we would rap and we would make songs on Audacity and stuff. Yeah. So I was always into writing music. I felt like I had a lot to say and I always enjoyed it. Um, but then, yeah, when I started getting really sick of the YouTube thing here in Finland, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make music. And I didn't have mm. like a like a future plan with it. I was just like, this is what I'm going to do now because this is what I want to do. So um, I instantly linked up with some local guys here who are super talented. I want to say a quick shout out to Husa, Pablo, Daniel, Jaikis, and all the guys from Lahti. So basically, I, I met these dudes from Lahti who are all, you know, songwriters, producers. One of them is a rapper. And they're super, super talented dudes. So I just started you know, basically living in that city um, mm. at the house with them and we'll just make music all day, every day. Like I yeah, would seriously, dope. like for a good year of my life, I woke up and I made music till I slept. I've got like probably so 300 cool. songs just on my computer. It's really? 300? <laughs> yeah, yeah probably. Like, uh, for finished, finished ones that I would like release, I'd probably say I got like 100. But as for like yeah. demos and just random shit, I've got so much of that stuff. <laughs> No, that's sick. You know, yeah, you're definitely talented with music. You definitely, like, every song is definitely, like, good. It's a good fucking track. I was going to say as well, Mai Tai. You enjoy Mai Tai a lot. Um, what got, you, what got you into that? Yeah, so um, I was always interested in martial arts. Like, I watched a lot of it when I was younger. But um, you know, I've always been into, like, gymming and kind of, like, active things. But mm. um, I never really brought myself to starting. But then, yeah, I started Mai Tai probably, like, six months ago. Like, 
but I only have probably been training properly for like three months. I'm pretty fresh yeah. to it. Um, yeah, I just started in, in Lahti, the city I was telling you about. Um, I met one guy who's a Finnish fighter who's gone to Thailand and fought a lot of Thais and he's a really, really good professional fighter. And I just messaged him on Instagram saying, look, I've never tried any of this stuff before, but mm. if you're down, I'd love to come and meet you and just try it out. And instantly yeah. I was like, yeah, this stuff is sick. And I started training a lot and I feel like I've been improving quite quickly. Um, I even at some point hope to start fighting properly. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful sport. And, you know, obviously with me loving Thailand so much, it's such a great way to connect, you know, with like Thai tradition. Mm. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have any plans for the uh, Illsight YouTube channel? Do you have any plans for the future of it? Yeah, no, definitely. So it's been a weird couple of years with the channel. So um, I'm sure you would have seen, like I did quit for a long time. And like I really, probably almost all socials, like I ghosted really heavy. Um, yeah. You know, it will happen at times. Where, where life and maybe some more important things get in the way and it hinders, you know, your, you know, priority of, you know, taking care of business and stuff. Um, so there's a lot of rebuilding that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't have like an exact step-by-step -step idea because I also like to kind of go like with my feeling and my heart and like what I think yeah, I yeah. should be doing. But I definitely want to start creating content which has much more of an impact and like a really positive impact on people's lives. I think online in social media nowadays especially in social media we're seeing you know a spotlight on serious social issues on this planet right now that people are ignoring and if the people are talking about it they just get silenced and banned so there's so many mm. you know issues that people are dealing with that i really feel for and a lot of things that i can relate to you know when i was growing up and i'm at a point where and maybe at an age where you know when i'm creating content it needs to have some type of impact like i want it to be that you know you watch this and you take something from it and you feel like it's mm. something you could apply to your life to make it better. So, yeah. you know, it's more so coming up now with a new format of content that not only is entertaining and enjoyable to watch, but it genuinely, you know, gives people an impact, you know, because yeah, like yeah. the word influencer, you know, the word influencer yeah. is thrown around a lot, but like, what are these people influencing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you like, like, here's yeah. the thing, you know, I, I go on everyone's Instagram bio and they say they're an influencer, but if I look at their story, it's just a fucking high smile, teeth whitening <laughs> commercial, and then a, a bikini photo. It's like, what are yeah, you influencing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but like, it's silly because, you know, with a platform, you have many possibilities to do good. And also, you know, I guess you could say I'm a capitalist, so I do like money and making money. So I understand why some people are taking the uh, route of just like make the money and don't give a shit what you talk about. But the thing mm. is, for me, I, I feel like I have a, you know, quite a sensitive heart when it comes to this stuff. So I want it to be a way that, of course, I can, you know, become successful, but I can actually help people doing it, you know? Otherwise, yeah. it, it just feels pointless. And it's like, if I want to make the money, there's a million other things I could do that actually make more money, yeah, to be yeah. honest you know yeah, yeah of course so yeah. that's the thing like i don't want to just be one of those influences yeah <laughs> influences yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah little question for you i've got a bunch of different questions here to hit you with can you give me five people who influence you oh no sorry influence not influence me. no not not influence sorry, sorry. i don't okay. know i just got i got that twisted five people who <laughs> i got that twisted because we were just talking about influences okay five yeah. people who inspire you there we go oh okay you're gonna have to let me think for a second because Okay, okay. I try to not be inspired by other people. It sounds arrogant, but really? I have good reasons for it. Okay. Um, oh, where do I start? Okay, um, just in random fields, and they inspire me for random reasons. Um, let's start with uh, Kyle from the Nelk Boys. Okay. 
for some reason when it comes to YouTube. So I'm going to try and break these down into categories. So if we're talking about inspiration on YouTube, I think uh, Kyle and also uh, Jesse, who we started it with, and actually the whole group, to be honest, um, they are pioneers in this YouTube space. And I think they are so incredibly intelligent when it comes to building like a real community, like what they've done yeah. with Nelk. Like I'm telling you right now, these Nelk boys, these are full send fans. If, if you did something somehow against full send, they will raise the pitchforks and they will come for you. Mm. And you can yeah, see, yeah. you know, they built such a serious audience and they've made such incredible content over the years and worked so hard. So I would say mm. Nelk in general um, inspire me a lot on YouTube. Um, okay. If we're talking about uh, life and philosophy, I would say uh, maybe Jordan Peterson. I think mm -hmm. Jordan Peterson, I would call him a, a necessary man in these day in this day and age especially right now i think mm. um i think jordan peterson speaks about some very important things in the books that he's released are incredible as well um fuck, that's two you give me one more uh, we'll go through we'll go through all right and now third um fuck, i wasn't ready for this one <laughs> <laughs> sorry Let's go with the a muay thai fighter called rod tang okay. rod tang chipmunk non he's a he's a thai fighter he's a young guy um he has a a really tough he had a really tough upbringing and he's been through serious trials and tribulations and he's became one of if not the best muay thai fighter in the world at least following after some some footsteps like buakao and saiyan chai but rod tang he's a he's the iron man so you know he trains harder than anybody he fights mm. hard and he has a heart of gold so yeah that guy inspires me a lot to be honest Sick. I feel like I know what you're sort of going to say with what you said at the beginning about like not letting yourself be inspired by people. But did you want to elaborate on like why you try to like, mm -hmm. you know, just elaborate a bit on that maybe, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So there is so much incredible and beautiful talent out there and just people who are bringing so much great to this world. So of course, like I'm not trying to say people shouldn't be inspired by them. It's more so a personal thing that I've found that even if we don't like to admit it, us humans, I think we're very impressionable especially subconsciously, right? So it's um, it's very, the, the line between you're inspired or now you, you're, you know, you're being impressed by them and trying to follow the exact same footsteps as them is, is quite vague, that line, you know, because you can, you, you know, you can take a lot of inspiration from somebody, but then you might not realize that subconsciously you're starting to embody them and you're going to do the same things they did. I'm not saying that's exactly a bad idea, but at the same time, I feel that you know, we have so much individuality and so much individual creativity to express. Um, and I think so much of the best ideas that so many amazing people have done came directly from them and their own yeah. heart and their own experiences. You know, they weren't looking at what's happening here or what he's doing. So I just try not to consume too much, you know, in general, doesn't matter who it is. Um, of course, and when I do consume, I try to make sure that content is healthy, but it's more mm. so that I try to just create more from my heart than consume, you know, what other people yeah, are doing. I get that. So no, I hear that. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, it's very, it's a good, um, it's a good outlook. What is the purpose of life in your eyes? <laughs> Come on, man, we gotta have some of these questions, bro. <laughs> of course, no. Let's get deep. <laughs> let's get serious. All right, the purpose of life. You can look at it in two ways that could both be, you know, seen as a positive outlook. It's either inherently purposeful or completely meaningless. Okay. I feel you can look at that two ways. You know, you can look at it, it's meaningless in the sense that everything sucks and you're waiting to die, or it's meaningless in the sense that you're comfortable with the fact that you may never have the answer of what it all means, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, the purpose of life, I think, I think we create our own purpose. I think like we, you know, we make our own purpose that we believe that we need to fulfill. 
And I think a lot of it has to do with your upbringing and your life and the values that you were taught. And then also the values that you learned from certain struggles in life. So for me, I have my most meaningful purpose is that when I die, at least something that I created will go on to live longer. And that thing has to be good. And that thing yeah. has to be something that maybe even just changes one person's life. Even if it's just one, it's still mm. a plus. Um, and then as for my more shallow purposes, for example, um, one of my biggest goals in life is to buy my mom a house. I would say like if we're looking materialistically, that's the biggest goal in my life. And there's yeah. reasons for that too. You know, we had a lot of rough times coming up and, you know, I want to be able to, you know, use my success to just deliver a sense of yeah. security and peace to the people I care about most. I think that's just a duty of mine. Mm. Um, but as for the meaning of life, I'm still looking. <laughs> <laughs> still looking, still searching. You know? No, yeah, still that's, looking. That's a good answer. Is there anything that you want to bring? Obviously, it's not a huge platform, but is there anything that you wanted to talk about yourself? For uh, yeah, is there anything you want to talk about? Um, you what do you mean? As for there, like, tell the, anything you want to tell the people, your audience, anything, anything at all? Well, I just want to tell them all to uh, to stay tuned because I now I'm back, and there's a lot of really exciting things that are coming and a whole new type of content and a whole new type of vision I'm going to bring to the internet. And uh, yeah, it's just a complete level up from, from everything before and something very fresh. But um, yeah, that's about it. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any so topics generic, or anything? So boring, can, no, so basic. Do you have any topics of conversation? I've got, I've got plenty we can keep talking about, but do you have anything at all? Anything you want to talk about? Um, not specifically. I think just hit me with what you want to talk about and we'll go from okay. there. I'll, I'll hit you with some more, some more questions. All right. If you were writing an autobiography about yourself, what would the title be? <laughs> Memoirs from above. Memoirs from above. Oh, that's good. That's good. Like that's that. a good one, isn't it? Yeah. That's hard. That's hard. Memoirs sounds like, it sounds, sounds like an Amazon bestseller. You've got to get going on that autobiography. Got to get going. Yeah, I better start writing. You made a TikTok a couple of weeks ago now about um, quite, a, quite a lengthy one where you're talking to the camera about how you reckon or you feel like life hasn't felt the same since like 2019 or just the world in general. Uh, yeah. Did you want to elaborate and talk about that a little bit? I'll elaborate, kind of yeah. I'm going to start sounding shit. a bit crazy, but yeah, I want to say, first of all, I actually got quite a bit of backlash on that video, surprisingly, to be honest. Really? Um, also, a lot of people, yeah, there was also a lot of people who have been feeling, you know, the same things that I've been feeling, but there were a lot of people mm. who you know, tried to shut it down really quickly. And of course, everyone has yeah, a different yeah. opinion, so that's okay. And um, I think, you know, when I'm making TikToks or content that's about such a specific topic, you have to allow the fact that there are going to be people who completely disagree with that's you, right. and that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, just, I just hope that, you know, people can have their heads switched on to have like a normal conversation about it instead mm. of just going like, you know, fuck you, you're an idiot, and that's the yeah, end of yeah. it, you know. It's, it's just an easy, but, uh, it's just the comment section is right, it's easy, easy. Way to just take yeah, shots yeah. at people. It is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's always the account with no profile picture and the <laughs> one follower and stuff, you know, <laughs> every Facts, time, yeah. bro. It's probably the same for you guys. I'm sure you've had yeah, it Yeah, no, yeah, well. definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, what, I, what I meant from that video was, okay, so I'm someone who, I'll say a bit about me in terms of, you know, my, how I live this life. I believe heavily in uh, things like the, the law of attraction and manifestation. And I believe heavily in energy. And I believe 100% in my heart that we completely dictate our life. Every single situation is a stem from a subconscious or conscious thought. Um, and that's just something I believe and I have my reasons for it. And I feel like it's been proven to me like beyond doubt. Um, so I believe there's, you know, um, 
a general sense of energy and being able to feel energy. I feel like I feel energy everywhere I go. And mm. I think that either saves you from situations or if you read it the wrong way, it will put you in a bad one. Um, and the video was about the fact that the general energy I've felt from just the world and society for the past two and a half years, in my opinion, because I'm a very positive person, but in my opinion, it feels like it's becoming worse and getting more negative. And there's, you know, and, and, and I did say in the video that a lot of it could be to do with the fact that we have been in world crises, like with the COVID, mm. with the, you might have to mute that one, by the way, I got to keep the ad rev up. But I with COVID, <laughs> with the, <laughs> with COVID, with, um, you know, the financial the inflation, the, the crises. So, you know, of course, it could be something to do with that. But, you know, I read an interesting theory. This sounds absolutely insane. You're going to look at me like I'm, I'm nuts. But I read a theory that um, I think it was in 2019 we all shifted into basically like a different dimension. Like a portal was opened. That Yeah, I know, I know trust me, it sounds <laughs> fucking insane, right? Yeah, yeah, but I started looking into it and I'm someone who, I do have a very open mind. So as much as I'll say this one, you never know. With this, you also never know. You can't yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. it didn't happen, right? So I'm not yeah. saying I entirely believe it. Uh, in the video, it was just more so I wanted to talk about the idea of it and see what other yeah. people are thinking. But it was more so to see that have any other people felt like these same types of really yeah, weird yeah. feelings that maybe like for example um there was a lot of comments on there and i went into a lot of forums with a lot of people replying and a lot of people have had sudden sudden memory loss i'm talking young healthy really? people a sudden long-term memory loss from a long period of their life for example for me i'm telling you right now of course i've been living a crazy life for years i mm. genuinely do not w remember what happened in 2019 i have no idea Sounds real? fucking insane, right? So for me, yeah. I need to go and watch my old videos or go on like my memories that are on my phone and then I'll remember like, oh yeah, that happened. Right. But I remember okay. almost every part of my life. But for some reason, that, that year was just a blur. And then a lot of people were saying the exact same things happening to them. Um, and also just and other things that people don't feel the same, like in a way that they wake up and they just don't feel like themselves. They look at themselves. They don't, mm. you know, and I had that for a long period of time. And of course, some people said, ah, I, I'm, I'm depressed. Maybe so. Or, you know, severe anxiety. Maybe so. Um, but it's just, it was interesting to talk about. I think yeah, no, there's a yeah, lot of people who have felt some really weird shit and I'm sure there is a simple explanation for it, but also I'm not one to completely shut off a theory yep. by just being, you know, closed minded about it and saying that's mm. impossible. Because yeah. a lot of people who say something's impossible, they don't have the right to say that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get, I get of course, you're entitled, you're, you're entitled to your belief system. That's completely yeah, yeah. fine. But I think it's a bad way to go about life saying everything's impossible and I'm right. You know, yeah, you can't yeah, get intelligent yeah. if you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. So you are 22 now? 22. What advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? 18-year-old self? Um, uh, a couple of things. To my 18 year old self, a big one would be um, plan ahead and make multiple streams of income because money is not invincible and it will not last if you stop doing things or if okay. something goes wrong. Um, I was a bad spender when the money first came because let's say I, like, you know, I wasn't like uh, super poor or anything grow up, but I definitely didn't grow up in a rich household. And there were a lot of periods of our life with um quite a lot of financial struggle. So I guess I didn't learn about money too well when I was younger. So when I first like made a bunch of money, I just fucking spent it all completely yeah. going crazy, which I think a lot of people make the same mistake. Um, I think it's quite common. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that. And I would also say that people in a good way that people don't care about you as much as you know, you think they do. So just focus on what you're doing. And if it feels right in your heart, just continue it. Um, mm. 
we always feel like people are judging in this, but they really don't care so much. So just, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Did you want to flick back to Hong Kong a little bit? I guess because Hong Kong is yeah. like the biggest chapter of your kind of life. Uh, Definitely. I don't know if you have any other stories maybe from Hong Kong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got some yeah. stories. Um, all right, one good one. So I'll tell you a little story about one, when we tried to climb this uh, building called the Bank of China, which mm. already sounds bad. It's uh, the headquarters <laughs> of the Bank of China in Hong Kong. Right. Uh, it's probably the most one of the most locked off buildings I've ever seen in the world. Like it's one of these massive skyscrapers with two huge spires on it. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, in the lobby, it's got like uh, airport style security. You know, the bags go through scanners. Right, you need key yeah, cards yeah. to get anywhere near the lifts. The guards are looking around real serious, you know, make sure mm. you're not up to no good. And it was uh, me and my friend Andre's idea that, you know what, we should try and climb it, which no one's ever done it, by the way. No one's made mm. it to the top of that building ever. I think people yeah, have right. tried. I don't know any stories actually of anyone trying so at least to my knowledge, we were the first, but maybe there was someone else. Um, mm. But the problem was we weren't going to get, you know, anywhere near the um, the elevators even. We wouldn't even get in the lobby if we didn't have an actual real reason to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had actually found out that uh, on the 60th floor of this building, there was a charity organization, like an office to a charity. Um, yeah. And they were operating there and they had, you know. So I started getting a bit creative and thinking, okay, what if we are filmmakers so because we have to explain the gear because they open your bags in the lobby and there's going to be cameras and gopros yeah, and all yeah. sorts of shit and also this was at the point where they knew people were climbing like it was a massive thing in hong kong right. and yeah. buildings were getting super tight there was actually these are uh, facebook groups that someone had alerted me of where security guards from all the different buildings were in this facebook group and they were oh. sending pictures of me other guys in all there right. saying like if you see this guy just yeah no like you know if you see shit. this guy just know he's up to no good and kick him yeah. straight out the building so you know they all knew very yeah. well what was going on um so, you know, we, we had to be really creative about this. So but back to the charity, I was like, so what if basically we said, we told the security, we had an appointment on the charity and that we're independent filmmakers filming a documentary about the charity. <laughs> so basically I'd gone to the lobby and I was hoping they wouldn't verify this. So I'd yeah. gone to the lobby um, and, you know, after doing the, the bag scan before there's the cards to get to the lifts, there was like a reception desk. And I went to them and said, yeah, yeah. You know, my name's Daniel and I'm, you know, uh, filming a documentary with this charity so we need to go up and meet the owner but you know we need the visitor key cards and after all mm. of that ordeal we got visitor passes so you know we're able to get to the lifts yeah. and then i remember so we get into the lift and we go straight up to the 60th floor this building's maybe like 80 stories 70 if i'm correct yeah but we get to the 60th floor and the doors open and all that's there is the charity so the problem is some buildings the fire stairs would be not inside the office so it was easy you just go out the lift and instead of going to an office you just go straight to the fire stairs but mm. on this specific floor the fire stairs were inside the charity like deep right. into their offices yeah 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 and i was like okay so obviously we don't have an appointment there they're not going to let us inside yeah so we're just waiting in the foyer and i was just taking like a fake phone call like you know because the lady at the reception desk of the charity was staring at us really weird you know mm. and i was just like you know uh doing a fake phone call da 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 we'll probably have like 10 minutes and then she leaves maybe it's like go to the bathroom or something so we're like fuck yeah. now we have to go so we yeah. walk straight into the charity offices just past everyone acting like we're supposed to be there and we get <laughs> near the bathrooms and near the bathrooms is where the fire exit was and my friend to look legit he went into the bathroom for like five minutes and i don't know what he was doing he just sat there i guess and then mm. once he came out the people who were standing around like getting coffee had left and we went straight into the fire stairs so now we're in like you know we're 50 of the way but now we have to get to Basically, how it worked, this building has a big uh, glass triangle and there's spires, so there's no actual rooftop on it. 
um right. it's just the spire so you have to go actually into this kind of like machine room and then the spire would start there and you would start climbing up um yeah, yeah. but i was like you know obviously the doors are going to be locked da 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 um we start walking up the final 10 floors and there's these motion sensors on every single corner now oh, and basically yeah. it was a motion sensor that had like four red lights and as we walked oh four green lights and as we walked closer to it each uh green light would turn red it was oh, silent shit. it didn't make an alarm but we passed like oh, five yeah. sensors so we knew okay they're on their fucking way yeah. um and then we get to the the door there was actually two doors to get to the spire room but mm. first door was locked and presumably the second door was locked so um, not to incriminate anyone, I took lockpicks out of my bag that I own and I was trying mm. to get the door open and I was just, you know, shitting myself completely. I was yeah. probably at the door for like eight seconds and then we start hearing radios echoing and people yelling in the staircase and probably like 10, 10 steps just running up, doo, 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 flying yeah. upstairs. And they caught us and they were not happy, safe to say. Mm. Uh, they didn't even take us to the lobby, I think, because they knew we would escape. So they took us down to a conference room on probably like the 50th floor, probably about 10 security guards. And uh, they kept us there till the police came and they called the manager of the building who was super pissed off. It was like a mainland Chinese guy and he was wearing like air forces. Like he was wearing like jeans and stuff and he was racing around the room. I thought he was going to start smashing us. You know, he was super pissed off. Uh, but then the police came and I tried to sell him a story that we were looking for an observation deck, but I think they knew me. They weren't buying it yeah, at all. Yeah. You know, they were, you know, they knew exactly what we were there to do. But after checking us and, you know, they didn't find the lockpicks, uh, we were on our way, so... It actually so ended this, up all right, but that was a that was a funny one. So are these like was that caught? Is that in a video of yours? Oh uh, no, I only have a like a story time video of that, which I made a long time ago. Because obviously, you okay. know, I didn't want to. You know, we didn't want to get caught so quick, so we didn't film it all the way in or anything. Yep, yep. the The plan was to start filming the second we get to the spire, and yep. then film the climb. But yeah, we just we're trying to blend in. You know, a lot. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah. So, is there has there been like a lot of crazy shit that like was wasn't caught on camera at all, like including that? Um, and like things any, that weren't else? caught on camera. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few things like specifically like similar to those situations. Like also another thing that wasn't caught on camera. Um, the very first, uh, the second time actually, I tried to climb. I'd climbed it once at nighttime a long time ago, but about a year later, I was trying to climb this uh, construction site in Hong Kong called the called the New World Center. Mm. um and it was like a big big you know building they were building um on the kowloon side of hong kong and i was trying to climb with one of my friends and then another guy who had a drone but it was about a week after this on the roofs channel had climbed it and made a video so their security i guess had found out right, straight yeah. away they were very big at the time um mm. so we tried to climb it and the things i'd climbed it before so i knew the way i knew a way in i knew how to get up i was like you know super yeah. calm and chill about it super late and i we went inside the staircase and i was going first and i was just like walking up the stairs you know and i think we we're on the sixth floor it's like maybe three in the morning and I turn the corner and there's a security guard on a chair blocking the stairs asleep like this. And I go around the corner. I'm like, fuck. like I freeze and he does this. He wakes up like, and he just starts yelling and I'm like, oh, oh shit. So we turn God. around. Yeah, yeah. We turn around and we start bolting, right? But mm. we had to switch staircases. We're in the building for probably only maybe four minutes. I reckon it was about four minutes from there to get out and basically running all the yelling, all the guards are awake now. I'm running in the courtyard to get back over the construction fence. And the second I get over the construction fence, there's flashlights in my eye. I can't see anything. Oh and there's about like 10 cops, 10 or 12 shit. cops. They brought a shit ton of vans. But the thing is, I don't know why they brought riot police. So the guys had shields and bats out and I'm shitting myself. I'm, uh, I'm done. I'm done for. Yeah. Get off the fence and they throw us onto the ground. Super pissed off. They held us hard. They brought the, the manager of the building over and then media pulled up. 
and media were taking pictures of us, like like getting arrested. You know, They're, you can actually find the articles. I'll send you a picture if you want oh, to put really? it on screen right now. Okay, actually, right, I've got right. a picture of it. Yeah, from <laughs> the media. So the media pull up, and I'm trying to hide my face, and I was super pissed off. But yeah. you know, that also ended out all right in the end. Um, I think the reason they brought like the beefy cops was because you know when we we're going up the staircase. I did have like a black hood on and a mask and black backpack. So right. I looked like, you know, a terrorist or something. I think yeah. the guard, when he had woken up, understandably, by the way, when he called the police, he probably said something, you know, there's guys wearing black in the, yeah. you know, so the cops probably yeah. thought worst case scenario. Yeah, so I yeah. get it. Can't be mad. Can't be mad about yeah. it, you know. Fair so enough. cat and mouse. If you could relive one day in your life, not to change anything about it, just to relive it, is there any day uh -huh. that you would want to relive any anything in Hong Kong, anything, anywhere? Oh, wow. <laughs> there are so many days I'd want to relive. Let me think. Uh, probably the day I climbed this uh, China Resource Headquarters Tower in uh, mainland China. Mm. I don't know, it was just a perfect morning. And it was something I'd wanted to climb for so long. It was the biggest climb I had done at the time. And, you know, I was with three Aussie guys who bass jumped off the crane, which was just sick to watch. And, you know, the energy was so great. They were really good guys. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know, it was a beautiful day and it felt surreal. I felt like I was on, you know, it didn't even feel like real life. I, I would like to relive that. Sick. That's mad, that's mad. Is there any event in time that you would have wanted to be there to experience? Yeah, yeah. I've always thought about this one. So if I could go to any time, I would go to ancient Egypt. Okay. All right. You know, I'm, I'm very intrigued in, you know, ancient Egypt in general and, uh, you know, who built the pyramids what it was actually mm. going on there i think there's some crazy crazy things that were happening at that time that yeah. you know maybe got lost lost in history so i'd love to see ancient egypt it looked like a, a very interesting you know time in this world what's the most important lesson you've learned over your life most important lesson i've learned yeah um that no matter how much you love somebody or trust somebody or no matter how how you know how close you are with them for whatever period of time, that can all end in a second, for so many different reasons, and I think it's a really bad idea to put all of your trust completely in anybody else that's not yourself. Um, I think you can set yourself up for some really rough times, and uh, humans can be very opportunistic out of nowhere, and they're ready to put you down for their own gain, and. You know, I think the best thing you can do is put all of that investment into yourself and understand that, you know, no matter how social you are, even if you have a girlfriend right now, you've got a big group of friends, there may be a time in your life or multiple times in your life where you will be completely alone, 100% alone in your head and alone in your thoughts and nobody's going to come and save you. So I think the best thing you can do is learn to live with yourself and learn to actually really love yourself so that when those times come, you can get through it brilliant answer mate oh, that was that was superb otherwise i don't think we really have anything else again is there anything you want to talk about what do you think about andrew tate what do i think about andrew tate here we go mate <laughs> I, I man i don't know if i'm allowed to make any comments on this on such specimen or if you don't if, if you if, if you're worried to comment it for you know podcast neutrality i can give you my opinion that's okay All right, let's well. let's see your opinion on the great andrew all tate. right i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest and controversial here and a lot Let's of people are going to hate me for this, but I could not give a rat's ass. I think Andrew Tate is, or was, if that ban will never be lifted, and if he really will disappear off the internet, who knows? But let's say, let's say he's coming back. Andrew Tate is necessary. And I've got mm -hmm. serious reasons why I believe that. Um, 
You know, recently there's been a massive, massive, massive cancelling and smear campaign. Now, if everything that was said in those campaigns were true, I don't think I'd be saying the same stuff. But uh, when Andrew Tate came out of nowhere, at least, you know, came on my radar, instantly before making an opinion, I did what I always do. And I watched hours of content and really listened to what he was saying. And I also mm. learned about the character he is playing and when he's being sarcastic and when he's telling the truth. He was very smart. You know, he got very big by saying some completely outrageous things, often with a laugh on his face that he knew would get clipped, knew would get attention. He did that to get his name out there, but then he started becoming a lot more authentic and saying things really simply, you know, simply said. And, uh, you know, the point I make here, let's say the majority of women who hate him and have canceled him off the internet. I've got a question and you don't have to answer it. You can just think about what I'm trying to say. If there was an identical clone of Andrew Tate, but a woman version for women's rights, would they hate him? Would I they hate that. her? I hear that. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Not for one second. You know, mm. they would say that she's an independent woman who cares about women and she's a boss and, you know, everything like that. Because you, you, it, I think it's undeniable but that for the past years, there has been like a lot of toxic feminism on the internet. There really has been. And I think everybody has seen it. And I think we're almost at a point where whether you agree with it or not, you can't really deny it. We've been seeing so much of it. So what happened is a lot of men were really ridden of their masculinity and forced to live a certain way by women. Um, so, of course, when somebody comes out of nowhere to, nowhere to talk about masculinity and to talk about men's issues, there's going to be an outrage because people don't want to hear that. They don't want to believe that men are very different to women. But how I stand, you know, when it comes to that whole thing is that I think women are absolutely beautiful and incredible. And I think as a man, I think Tate has said something very similar to this, that some of the best experiences a man will have in his life is with an amazing woman. But you cannot deny a fact that we are completely different and we do live by different means. Mm. Um, so I think Tate made a huge voice for, for a lot of men who haven't had anything like that. And I know personal people close to me who grew up without a father, no masculine figure in the house only learnt about, you know, life from a feminine energy, that it's great that they can actually go online and, and see there's someone talking about masculinity and talking about these things because they can be very complex. Like, do I agree with every single thing he said? Of course not. I don't think anyone does. It's, you know, mm. yeah, but yeah. I think I think Tate is necessary to reverse a lot of the damage that has been done online and people are going to hate it. But like I said, you know, if if there was a, a woman creator saying the same stuff, but against men, everybody would love it. And, you know, she would be featured and trending on YouTube. So, yeah. you know, I believe I'm so against cancel culture. I don't think anyone should be, even if I completely disagree with them, I don't think they should be canceled. I think mm. cancel culture should not at all be a thing. Um, I think, you know, there, there's like, you've got to give everybody a voice and like a free mm. place to think and discuss and debate. So it leads me to believe that if all these people are getting silenced and cancelled, maybe they're saying what the, the people up at the top don't want them to say. Maybe, and if that's maybe. the case, you never know. Because, yeah. you know, like you see, you've seen it often. So many people with a certain opinion get removed from the internet, completely removed from every place. But then there's mm. some people who are doing just as bad things, if not worse, even mm. actual criminals who have a massive yeah. platform. So... You know, it leads me, you know, it's, there's some weird things going on, but I kind of like Tate. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I don't know if I honestly have anything else really to talk about. If you're happy to wrap it up here, do you want to wrap it up here? 
Well, let's wrap it up. It's been good, man. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show, to of come course, on No bro. Bullshit, bro. Of course. It's my pleasure. It's just been a long time in the works. It's been a few weeks now. We finally got it done. We got around to it. So, uh, yeah. Maybe after a bit of time and a few more stories, we might have to go for a volume two. Maybe when I'm in Maybe. Australia. How about Maybe. that? I'm actually thinking that I'm going to come to come back to Australia and do a whole Aussie trip next year. So when that happens, okay. we have to link up for sure. We have to link up. Let's make something happen. All right. Let's do it. Cheers for watching the podcast. Thank you for listening, watching, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Peace, peace, peace. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, make sure you leave a like down below and help us out by hitting subscribe. Next week is going to be the final episode of season one. So make sure you stay tuned for that. It's going to be a big one. So uh, yeah, catch you next week.